0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to 2022, everybody. Even if I say the sports calendar doesn't reset till after the Super Bowl. It's a new year, and BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best wagering action in the new year. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Believe. B L E A V when you sign up with the link in the description to this episode bet online where the game starts good on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, welcome in. Happy February 4th, everybody. Not sure what February 4th signifies, but it's a happy February 4th. 851 episodes strong here on the Take It Easy podcast. And for the second time and second year in a row... During the week in between the Pro Bowl and the end of the conference championship, we have Chris Cluey joining us on the Take It Easy podcast. I am so freaking excited that Chris is back. Uh, We talked to him last year after the insurrection, and uh, also about everything that was going on with Mike Pfeiffer and the Cleveland Browns, and we just had a great conversation with with him last year. For those who don't know, Chris Cluey is the former punter for the Minnesota Vikings, who in 2012 and 2013 was very outspoken about the legalization of gay marriage in America, and then as a result of making some headlines and going on Ellen one time, Chris ended up getting replaced by the Minnesota Vikings despite the fact that he was in the top 15 in punt distance and punt accuracy. And he never got another job in the NFL. So his career was cut short because he stands up for the right things. And no better time to do that than this week when we are talking about Brian Flores. So again, Chris is awesome. I'm amazed that he does this podcast with us every now and then. Uh, It's so fantastic. It's so fun. And, you know, I am just... I want to get to this podcast because it's very fun. We talk about Brian Flores, of course. We're going to talk about Joe Rogan a little bit and his gigantic lemon tree and the prisoner's dilemma that is the Chargers and the Raiders at the end of that game in December. Um, This seems to be a common theme. Every year during Super Bowl week, apparently, we end up doing this podcast. So uh, Chris is awesome and you guys are going to get an awesome podcast with him. So without further ado, I don't have any A block or B block or any block here today. even I've already talked for an hour and a half about Brian Flores. Let's let Chris talk for another half hour about Brian Flores and other great stuff because Chris is fantastic. By the way, follow Chris on Twitter. There's a link in the description to this episode because this dude is an excellent, excellent follow on Twitter. You guys will get a lot of great opinions and a lot of great You know, giving you some fun stuff about his lemon trees and soccer and also deterring fascism in America. So you can get all of that and more by following Chris's Twitter. That's enough from me. Let's get to the episode. Tell me you haven't heard this before. You're sitting in your favorite restaurant, coffee shop. Maybe you're sitting in an airport because your flight's been delayed for an extra hour and a half. You want to use your phone and you want to use your computer, but you're afraid of that public Wi-Fi because you've heard all the stories. Maybe it's happened to you where your data gets hacked, your information's out there on the dark web. It's it's scary. It happened to me uh, last year, actually. If you want to protect yourself nowadays, it's really important that you get security. And NordVPN has a deal for you today. If you go to nordvpn.com believe and use our code B-L-E-A-V, you can get 70% off a protection plan with NordVPN for two years with an additional month for free. With a 30-day money back guaranteed, you are also risk-free if you don't want the service. Sign up today at nordvpn.com
1: slash believe. That was funny <laughs> yes my child <laughs> moving in front of the light
0: <laughs> that was funny that was uh that was funny to have the little shadow move across how are you doing
1: good how's it going
0: oh i'm doing great i'm glad to have you again on the podcast after a year it seems to be the theme is the super bowl week apparently we seem to <laughs> seem to decide that's when i'd like to make the ask
1: yep yeah no worries
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, what was kind of funny, I I was going to explain this to people on the podcast and at some point, either before or during this was that we were going to do it on Tuesday. And that was the day that the Brian Flores news broke about the lawsuit. And in my mind, I was thinking to myself, holy shit, did I just nail this perfectly that we have the guy who (laughs) <laughs> whose NFL career may or may not have been cut short right. for similarly outspoken about being on the right side of issues. I was like, God, did I nail this perfectly? Am I an absolute <laughs> genius for deciding this? But uh, And
1: then I had to ruin it by forgetting.
0: <laughs> I mean, it still applies. It just would have been fantastic if that the episode that we did an entire hour on that lawsuit would have been having the guy right. who maybe his NFL career was cut short over a similar type of situation. <laughs> fantastic uh here we are i don't know would have been funny in that way but uh, i guess let's talk about white power then let's let's do it anyways (laughs) even two two (laughs) days late starting
1: off easy then (laughs) (laughs) let's start off with the easy stuff let's let's talk about white power in america (laughs) (laughs) well it's here and it's bad (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's been around. People are surprised only when a lawsuit happens about it. Uh, overwhelmingly white people are surprised by this. Yeah, it seems to happen sometimes. Every yeah. every couple of years or so, we have to be reminded about this uh, on a national level. And white people get to be surprised that this is a thing that exists.
1: Right, exactly. Like that's Well, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing is that like I'm not surprised that, that this is happening in the NFL because it's... Uh, it's funny. I was actually on a um, uh, a radio show uh, yesterday where, you know, I, I made the point where it was like, we're still within living memory of NFL teams not being racially integrated. Like <laughs> Washington, they, they were the last team to racially integrate. And that was back in the 60s. Like there are still people alive. <laughs> Who, who saw football games that were not racially integrated. So, yeah, I can totally believe that racism is alive well in the NFL. Like, that's not surprising at all.
0: Well, of course, yeah. And you just have to look at the white power system where you have 95% white owners and then you have 90, I think it's now ninety. 90- three or 92% white people in president roles and running teams. And then you have all but two white head coaches add it to the list is that no one, but white people is getting hired with nine head coaching openings and you can just add it down the list. It's like, yeah, this has always been a thing. It's just gotten worse.
1: Well, yeah. Well, and, and, and that's how systemic racism works. It's like, it's not, it's not just enough to be like, oh, we don't say the N word anymore. It's like, well, no, are there, are there black people in positions of power? Are there people of color in hiring positions? Like, are they involved in the decision-making process? Because if they're not, if it's just white people making all the decisions, then yes, that's systemic racism. Like it's baked into the system and that's what needs to change.
0: Yeah, because white people are going to be more inclined to hire other white people. And
1: yeah, like that's that's just I mean, we have the evidence.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we have hundreds of years of history to suggest this one, which you, you brought up a great point there, which is like even the quarterback position in the NFL, they were not allowed to play quarterback in the NFL in the 1980s. Like Warren Moon had to go to Canada. He was a hall right. of Famer. Had to, had to go to Canada because they just like, nope, we're not allowing a black quarterback in the NFL. It was like yeah, less exactly. than 40 years ago.
1: Right. Well, and then also not even that, it's it's also like, oh, you're a black quarterback. Well, that must mean that you're a running quarterback. That must mean, you know, you're like, you have to be a scrambling quarterback. Like you're not, you're not smart enough to be, you know, a student of the game and Drop back and make these passes, and it's like, no, that's that's BS. <laughs> like the it's it's oh, it's it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny when people bring that up all the time with Lamar Jackson. I'm like, dude can throw in the pocket. I don't know, like he's like he runs right. a lot. He's gonna like, get he can hurt. Read a route. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone kept yeah. saying Lamar is going to get hurt because he's running the ball. I'm like, I've never seen Lamar Jackson ever take a big hit because no one can touch him. He goes out of bounds before anyone touches him right. for a big it's, hit.
1: Like it, uh, Mahomes is the same way. Like you don't see Mahomes taking big hits. Like, like he makes smart plays. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, he'll scramble when he needs to, but it's he's not scrambling to get blown up. Like he'll, he'll take a slide or he'll go out of bounds. <laughs>
0: Well, it's funny because yeah, this ends up happening, but now that you have a sport where like the quarterback position is finally integrated after, you know, every other position got integrated (laughs) 50 years ago. is that people still make the tropes about you know the classic white mindset that white people think black people are foundationally less intellectual and people right, still exactly. do it even as you have 60% of the league being black quarterbacks now as that position finally starts to get integrated you still see the same tropes over and over again the same way people do it with players yeah, coaches and defensive minds with black head coaches overwhelmingly
1: <laughs> you, you need the gritty gym rat it's not the <laughs> <laughs> right yeah like, oh man again it's it's so frustrating because it's like it shouldn't it, it doesn't matter or it shouldn't matter what you look like all that should matter is how well can you play and we're just we're not there yet
0: yeah do you think we'll get there in our lifetime i know we're not that far apart in age you know we're, we're, we're within 20 years of each other um, or something like that
1: yeah <laughs> i mean i i would hope so that the, the problem is, is that um, racism in America has been something we've been struggling with for hundreds of years now. So like we've, we've made progress, obviously we've made progress. Um, but the thing is, is that like, we have to keep fighting for that progress. And there are quite a few vested interests that are pushing back against that progress, um, particularly right now. And uh, it's gonna take a lot of people look like me aka white people (laughs) saying that Mm -hmm. even though this may not benefit me personally i still need to speak out on this issue because it's going to make for a more stable society and for a better society for all of us to live in and we like that's what needs to happen if we want to see it in our lifetime and i hope it happens um but no one has a crystal ball that can predict the future so who, who knows?
0: <laughs> I mean, you've walked the walk on this. You've been swallowed by the system of the NFL for being guy who stands up for the right things. Like mm. you even as you say that, and I say all the time, like if I am in these positions of power, I'm actively sacrificing that power as a white person right. to empower other people because it's the right thing to do. And that's what I like to think good leadership looks like. You say this, but you have also been someone who's walked the walk on this type of stuff. You've been in the same in similar situations and you have backed up the words. You guys know what that means. It's time to talk about Sheets and Giggles. Yes, Sheets and Giggles. It's a great name for a company. Sheets and Giggles makes 100% eucalyptus bed sheet sets, duvet covers, comforters, and throw blankets. They will make you fall in love with sleep. Eucalyptus is a miracle fabric that is super soft, temperature balancing, hypoallergenic, and static free. You will wake up feeling more alive than ever before. Trust me. Go to sheetsandgiggles.com today and get the rest that you so richly deserve use our promo code take it easy for a 10% discount on your purchase at sheetsandgiggles.com that's sheetsandgiggles.com he says as as i compliment him his, his screen freezes which is perfect sorry yeah absolutely perfect
1: it it finally came through yeah <laughs> fine, fine.
0: no it's it, it was perfect it was a great a great moment yeah. there <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, and, and i think this is something where um the nfl has the opportunity to you know prove that they're going to address things differently this time because like this is a situation with with brian flores's lawsuit that okay if the nfl does seriously want change then they have the opportunity to make change to make substantial change but if they don't take actions that back up that change if you know if, if they don't address the systemic racism inherent in the ownership groups inherent in the front office groups well then yeah it's just going to be more of the same so like this again this, this this could potentially be a huge opportunity for the nfl are they going to take advantage of it i don't think so but who knows i hope they proved me wrong <laughs>
0: History would suggest that they don't. Right. Like this isn't the first time that Rooney rule has been in place like this. Although, you know, it's kind of like transparent about this. Like it kind of sucks because like we like to think of the ideals and like fighting for the right things. But once they put in, you can get a you can get compensatory draft picks for hiring black general managers or non-white general managers. All of a sudden, there's been now like been four non-white general manager hires in the last two years. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's well, but, but the thing is like, yeah, it it sucks to view it that way, but at the same time, at least it's something different. Like at least it's a small step along that way. And, you know, we, we just have to keep fighting and clawing and scraping for, you know, for what we can get. And then saying that that's not enough, like it needs to be more, It, it needs to be not just, okay, you're doing this because you think it's giving you a small competitive advantage, but You're doing it because it's not just the right thing to do, but like, that is potentially the best candidate that you can hire. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. just your friend. It's not just your social group that you hang out with. It is legit. This is the person who will make your team, who will make your organization better.
0: Well, this is the thing that's funny about racism, right? Is that racism actively undermines the success of your organizations. Discrimination makes you less efficient, but.
1: Exactly. It's it's a poor business strategy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's just the, the most important part of any, like control is most important if you're in a position of power. Is that you want to maintain control so that you get to keep that power? I, I, if you're in a position of power, why would you want to give up that power unless it's the right thing to do? Right? And, if, and, but, and
1: that's again, we'll see if the NFL can move past that. So this is what laws knows? are
0: for: is that you force people to do the right things. This is why this is <laughs> why we make laws. <laughs> yeah, eh, it's. It's I, I actually so to the point with the hiring uh, or the compensatory pick thing, it's the right thing to do, except when you really like when you pick it apart, it's just funny that what it's comp what the compensatory picks are for is compensating for racism at its barest level. Mm. And it's just it's amazing to think about it that way is that the only thing that compensatory picks are necessary for is evening the playing field against racism with candidates that are both equally qualified. It's kind of incredible how that works out when you think about it. But that's also what laws do sometimes is that they even the playing field so that you can't discriminate or fight against discrimination.
1: Right, exactly. And, like, and, and, and that's the thing is that right now we're at the stage where we have to give incentives to people to not be racist which sucks. Like, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's a crappy world to live in. But hopefully, it's it, it, it moves on from that to where other organizations or all of the organizations understand that, you know, hey, like, we shouldn't be doing this because we're getting, you know, an extra bonus. We should be doing this because, like I said before, this is the best person for the job. Like, this and, and not just from a football perspective, but like from a business perspective, right? Like this is the person who will make our business thrive. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they believe in, you know, it doesn't matter their sexuality or, you know, sexual preference. Like it, it's just who does the job best. (laughs) And, and, and and like that's, I I still don't understand why more businesses haven't figured that out is like, if, if you get the best person to do the job, it will make your business better. Like you will make more money. You, you, you will win more often than not. So yes, why because you're simply that?
0: opening it up to more people, right? You're opening up to right. more people, which means you will get more qualified people.
1: Exactly. Like, like it, it doesn't make any sense to limit your pool of candidates. Like you, you are actively hindering yourself. And if, That's like ignore the social aspects for a moment. just from a pure economic, like not giving a single crap about people mindset. Like if you want to make the most money, you want the best person, (laughs) which is just take the best person.
0: (laughs) This is the part you were talking about with the NFL, which is, yeah. So once we get to the one point where it's like, okay, now we have less of an issue when it comes to diversity hiring, you have black men in there. Well, how about we start Mm -hmm. getting black women in positions of power? How about Mm -hmm. we start getting Asian people in positions of power in the NFL? Like Like, this is the next step. Who's the best person? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what progress is going to start to look like is when you can start naming five, six, and seven different candidates that aren't Mm -hmm. white people. The problem is that's threatening to white people like John Elway, who showed up drunk to an interview. It is threatening to those people if you don't get as many chances at power
1: it's well i um God, I, i'm gonna mangle the saying but like it's i, I saw it on social media and it's it always stuck with me is that there's a ton of people who grew up thinking they hit a home run but actually started on third base
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like,
1: like that really just encapsulates all of it where you have like you have so many people who think that their success is due to everything that they personally did but it's like no, there was all this other stuff that got given to you.
0: You know what we call <laughs> that? We call it privilege. <laughs> privilege.
1: Yes, yep. exactly.
0: We call it privilege. <sighs>
1: yep. And, and so and until you know how to recognize that and how to understand that like it just because you had that privilege doesn't inherently make you a bad person. What makes you a bad person is saying I want to keep that for myself and not let other people benefit from it, right? Like, that that's what makes you a bad person. Like, what makes you a good person is being like, okay, yeah, I benefited from that, but everyone should be able to benefit from that. Like, we should all be able to access that same level of resources. And, And my hope is that more people understand that to where, like, it's not like having privilege. In and of itself doesn't make you a bad person. It's what you do with that. It's how you it's how you utilize that in respect to the people around you.
0: And how do you empower other people who maybe don't look and think and act like you? That is another important part of all of that. And exactly the other (laughs) Yeah. It's also never been easier. I mean, not you mean, I mean, in our lifetime, it's never been been easier to kind of hide in that now. Where you find yourself in a place where, uh, you know, it's it's never been easy. Oh, oops, am I frozen? I am frozen. Uh, am I alive?
1: Yes, you're alive now. Am I alive?
0: Uh, I think we both froze simultaneously, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was saying is that it's never it's never been easier to find yourself uh, enabled and empowered to be uh, privileged and not acknowledge that privilege. As we see Nazis reemerging in Florida right now, you will see that it's never been easier to push back against that, which is why you need people like Brian Flores willing to throw out a lawsuit and possibly right. get blackballed from the NFL. Like it's a personal sacrifice, but at least at the very least, it's the social aspect of it, even if the NFL doesn't push back against it. And this is again a small microcosm for society, but it's this weird world we both live in.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, well, and and the thing I I desperately hope to see is that in this lawsuit. Like, I, I really hope that there are white head coaches who come forward and say, yeah, like, this is a thing. Like, b- because, again, it's so easy to not speak up when it's not personally affecting you, but it can make so much of a difference if you are someone who does speak up. Like, like for example, during, um, you know, when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, right? Like, how how much more seriously would people have taken that if other white quarterbacks had been like, yeah, no, he has a point. We're going to kneel too. Like if, if Tom Brady takes a knee, right. Not that he ever would <laughs> based on what I've seen with his political leaders, but like if, if a Tom Brady type quarterback also takes a knee, like despite it, not personally affecting him, like that's how you get meaningful social change. So like, it, it, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not anticipating that (laughs) something that's Mm -hmm. going to happen, but it would make so much of a difference if it did. Like if, if even one or two white head coaches spoke up and said like, yeah, you know, I, I got a job because I was this guy's friend. Like it was, you know, I, I, I had the inside track and yeah, it's, it's probably wrong. Like we, we should probably do something about that. Like that uh, goes so far to fixing our social dynamic in terms of, of race. Like,
0: I mean, you started off talking about how recent history the, the sport wasn't integrated. Like Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. is super recent history. And even then the players did not rally around Colin Kaepernick. They right. kind of left him out there on an Island for the most part, except for a handful of people in, in the in-between a lot of people left him out there on an Island during that whole campaign in 2016 and 2017. And it made it easy for them to just cut out the middleman and make him the pariah and make him the scapegoat. And then you're good.
1: Right. Like, well, and, and, and that's, that's what makes it so difficult is it's not easy to make it to the NFL. Like it's, you know, it, it is a dream job, right. And, and you make, you make so much money playing in the NFL and like, part of me can understand why, you know, players, especially like new players for the league, like you don't want to risk losing that job. Like it's probably been your dream your entire life growing up. But then the other part of me is like the veteran players, right? Like the guys who have five, six, seven, eight years in the league, like you've made enough money to live on for the rest of your life. Like you, you have the resources to provide for you and your family. Like this is something that means something. (laughs) <laughs> like it's this this is more than just like a new watch or you know a, a second house or a boat like this this is history like you could be a part of history like isn't that worth something more like isn't that worth risking what you have be- because in my mind it is like it's <laughs> like after some well, point, you did you some of this stuff.
0: You did some of that, like your, your career may or may not have been cut short for that exact reason. So, I mean, you, I mean, I'm from the Deadspin article, which is obviously like seven years ago now. It's like, it seems like you don't regret the decision at all. Like it was totally worth it.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. Like, is because again, I I feel like at a certain point you can have enough, like I have enough, (laughs) like, yes, it would be nice to have more, but I don't need more. Like (laughs) I, I have my needs at you know, I, I, I have food, I have shelter, my family's taken care of. Like, I, I don't need more. And if I can help other people, like if, if I can help them, you know, have a chance to have a happy life, like to, to, to just have some of what I've had, then, yeah, why wouldn't I take that opportunity? Be, because if, I, if, the, if the situations were flipped, right, like I'd want them to do the same, <laughs>
0: Of course. Yeah. And this is the interesting part of all of this, right, is at what point does the NFL say, well, you know what, we don't have to kick Brian Flores out because he filed a lawsuit against us. You know, we could all collude and say we're going to kick him out, at which point he could sue for money for discrimination and collusion. But, you know, we could all say we don't want this guy here. I thought it was funny that he's one of the finalists for the Texans job, even though I know it's going to go to Josh McCown. Like I found it funny that they were like, yeah, this doesn't change anything. We'll still keep his name in the finalist contention for this
1: job. It's like, sure. Like, well, so, so that's the other thing is like, just from a pure PR perspective, the NFL should be like, yes, absolutely. He should be getting a head coaching job because from what he's displayed, he's a good head coach. Like it is super hard to win games in the NFL. Like, he, yeah, He took Miami to two winning seasons and they were not particularly good.
0: <laughs> like, I mean, the thing I said, he could not have done better. Like maybe right. Matthew like, Wright has a kick that goes off and they beat the Jaguars and they make the playoffs and he still has a job, but he, he's the same coach no matter what.
1: Right. Like, like he, he's getting out of his players, like what he can and that's the, that's the sign of a good coach. And it's, it's like, like there's not that many good coaches to go around <laughs> it's, it's like so so yeah again just just purely from a hey yeah this guy's good for business because he coaches his players well which leads to compelling games which means people want to watch our product yes he should still be coaching <laughs>
0: Of course. Yeah. But that's the easy cop out answer is like, of course, this makes sense. But then racism gets involved and we're like, ah, I see how this doesn't work out. And
1: that's right? and well. And and that's also why if he isn't coaching, that's how you know that that's the cause, because from a logical perspective, there is no reason why he should not be coaching at the NFL. Like you, you mm-hmm. cannot defend that decision. <laughs>
0: And it, it it leans in everywhere, too. I do want to ask you about other things, too, but it does lean in everywhere where someone was like, what if Matt Nagy goes back with Andy Reid after getting fired by the Bears? I heard that. I'm like, there's no spot for him. Nobody's hiring his assistants because nobody wants to hire the enemy and no one wants to hire the quarterbacks coach. It's like the Chiefs get to stay together forever.
1: Yeah, that's, well, I mean, and, and, and again, that's another, like, I, I actually played under uh enemy for uh, two different teams. He was the running back running backs coach when I was at UCLA. Um, and then um, he was with the Vikings for a couple of years when I was with them. And like, he's a great coach, like players love him. Like he knows what he's talking about. And the fact that he hasn't been interviewed for a head coaching job. Like I, I have to think that he wants to try his hand at being a head coach. Like, that's, you know, if, if you've put in the time, you know, you, you've you gone through the coaching ladder, like, that's, I, I can't believe that that's something he doesn't want. But the fact that he hasn't gotten seriously interviewed for head coaching positions, it's like, how is that a thing? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Well, it doesn't make sense when you look at like two members of the Frank Reich coaching tree have also been hired and Eric Bieniemy was interviewing for the same job that Frank Reich was interviewing for four years ago. So it's it's interesting when all of that comes together and you can start to see all the hypocrisies laid bare even before the Flores interview. Like we, Eric Biennemi is the name that's been thrown out as the poster child for this for the last oh, yeah, three sure. years, even before Flores now.
1: Yeah. No. And and again, like I said, like EB is a great coach. Like he's like he players, players like him (laughs) And, and like that, that can be rare for, you know, for coaches because it's, it's difficult for coaches who haven't played to connect to players. And then sometimes it's difficult for coaches who have played, you know, to reconnect with players, but everything I've seen from him has been like, like he's, I, I would gladly play under him. And again, he deserves a chance. Like, you know, every every good coach deserves a chance, no matter who they are, you know, no matter what they look like. Like, and I, I, I don't think the NFL is going to handle this the right way.
0: Yeah, but this goes all the way down to who gets those jobs in the first place. Like you're talking about if white people came for, if Arthur Smith, the son of, the, the owner of FedEx who got him his spot in because he was a minority mm. owner of the Washington racial slurs comes forward and says, yeah, I'm a product of nepotism. I worked hard for 15 years to get the job, but I only got the job in the first place because of who my father is. If he came forward mm. and said that, that would make a whole lot of difference until a whole lot right. of white people scapegoat him.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, okay. So case in point, Kyle Shanahan, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, so Great coach, like he's he's done he he has put the work in. Like he he was a graduate assistant at UCLA when I was there. Like he you know he he was putting in the time. You know he's trying to, to rise up the coaching ladder, but eventually he hit a certain point where he's just like I just I'm, I got I got to use my dad's name. Like this this is taking too long, and now he's a head football coach in the NFL. And you know all credit to him, he looks like he's a good coach. Like he he knows what he's doing, but how many other people? have that same opportunity. Not many, right? <laughs> well, this is the thing that
0: a... <laughs> this is what we're also learning in the NFL is that unless you're one of the five really, really good coaches, they're all kind of interchangeable. Other than that, they've all come from similar backgrounds. Similarly we're coordinators on pretty good offenses and they get fired it's... after three or four years.
1: Yes. Well, it, it will. And it also comes down to who do you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like who, you know, who are your personal connections? And the problem is, Is if the people that are in that network that are making the decisions are mainly white people, right? Well, the people that they know are most likely going to be other white people. Like, and that gets back to the whole systemic racism part of it is that like, if your personal network is not that same personal network, you're just, you're not going to have the same opportunities. And that's, and that's what we're seeing.
0: Well, and this works outside the NFL, too, is that most corporate industries in America mm-hmm. are closed door. It's not open to everyone. You have right. to be let in the door. And ultimately, people in power who control the doors will let people who they are safely feeling like will uphold that power and not try and overthrow right. them into their industries.
1: Yeah, it's well, in as, as I've always said, the NFL is not its own bubble right? The NFL is like a microcosm of society as whole. like what, what you see in the NFL, it, it happens everywhere else. Like it's, it's not its own special thing. And so when you have a bunch of, you know, owners of front offices that are mainly old white men, like that's the same thing that happens in corporations. <laughs> like that's the same thing that happens across our society. And so the, the thing that's happening with Brian Flores, like it's the same thing that's happened to a multitude of Black men and women who have tried to achieve their goals and have just been shut out. Like, and it's, you know, I I don't, like, I I hate saying this because it sounds childish, but like, it's, it's not fair. Like it's not just, it's not, it's not what our society should be. And so we, we have to speak out against it. Like we have to take steps to ensure that that doesn't happen because as we've seen, like those, in are, power are going to want those who succeed them to be just like them. <laughs> like, we mm-hmm. have to fight against that because it's not healthy. It's not healthy for our society. It's not healthy for the people who it's not healthy for our children who are growing up in that society. Well,
0: you mentioned being not fair there. So I'll just ask you, what are your thoughts on the concept of meritocracy?
1: It's well, I, I like the idea of a meritocracy. We are not a meritocracy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I I think the, the goal should be a meritocracy, but we also have to recognize where we're failing and take steps to fix that because our society really isn't built to be anything other than something that helps build up white people. Like that, and, and that's been the case since the founding of America. <laughs> like that's really what Not America just even America. You on. could
0: throw it all the way back to like 1400s. <laughs> like okay, you, yeah,
1: yeah. when
0: you, when you got to you start take in
1: back a long way.
0: Yeah. When you got to start a whole brand new society, all you had to do was commit genocide, but you got to start a whole right, brand yeah, new just, society. Uh, yeah. That's, right, that's just, ultimately just, where the foundation is. <laughs>
1: Just get rid of the people who were living there before.
0: Yeah, it's the just Protestant. with with a with a quick genocide, all of a sudden you can build a whole new society where you get to be in power right. and create a racial caste system.
1: Yeah, and so and well, and, and so I will say the idea of America has probably been the closest to a meritocracy that we we've seen in human history, but we fail to live up to that ideal like over and over and over again. And it, it's something that it, it's hard work to live up to that ideal, right? Like it Mm -hmm. takes, it takes an examination of yourself, of, of understanding, okay, what were the advantages that I had that other people didn't have? How can we fix that? Like, how can we make sure everyone is starting from the same place? Because it's not that, oh, everyone should succeed. No, people are going to succeed and fail on their own. Like that, that is the whole point of a meritocracy. Like it's, if you're good enough, you succeed. If not, okay, we'll still, we won't leave you to starve in a gutter, but like, it's okay. You just, you weren't quite as good as the other person. But if one person's starting the race with a hundred pound weight attached to their leg and the other person has a jetpack, like that's not a fair race. (laughs) That's not a meritocracy. Did
0: y'all know? the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing. He invests in stocks and crypto and even art with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And when that art sells, you get return on investments as high as 30%. If you want to get priority access with Masterworks today, go to masterworksart bleed masterworks.art/bleeve to start investing in stocks and cryptocurrency and shares in artwork today. You can invest like the goat with Masterworks. See important disclosures at masterworks.com/disclaimer. Uh, there, there are a few things I also want to ask you about. Other than this, I know you've, you've given a lot of good time and a lot of good conversation here. So uh, I want to ask you about lemons, and I want to ask you about Joe Rogan. So I want to, <laughs> I want to go to you first on which one you'd like to talk about first. <laughs>
1: let, let, let's, let's go to lemons first because I spent an hour and a half hand squeezing lemons. I was so confused city. by that. Uh, I
0: also the other thing I was going to ask about. It's a while now, but I really enjoyed your your live tweet storm about the end of the Chargers Raiders game as well so if you want to talk about that before oh Joe God, Rogan so as well we can mix that in
1: <laughs> sure okay well I gotta finish the lemon story because like our citrus tree just craps out lemons it's <laughs> so like it was literally a gallon and a half of lemon juice that I had yeah to so so for people
0: things. in not California for people who are not over here in beautiful sunny California is that you can have lemon trees in your backyard this is a this is a thing that is allowed to happen, you can have lemon trees in yep. your backyard that produce a shit ton of lemons and oranges and limes and apples. These are things that can exist in your backyard. Yeah. The, the, the climate
1: is very good for them. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. But but yeah no the uh, oh god the the end the end of that Raiders game, <laughs> like
0: <it was> just, <laughs> prisoner's it was, dilemma. That was so great. Was the, I stole that line from you for like a week. Is that it's classic prisoner's dilemma.
1: <laughs> yep. yeah, perfect. And, and so for anyone listening who doesn't know what the prisoner's dilemma is it's that like so if you have two separate prisoners if they cooperate they get the best outcome but if one person betrays the other the person who betrayed the other gets the best outcome and the, it sucks for the other person but if they both try to betray each other then it sucks for both of them <laughs> so that's why that raiders Gate was such a great example of it because like the they were they were both playing for the tie <laughs> like yeah it was, they were obviously playing for the tie and then they tried to backstab right at the end <laughs> and then they just got kind of crapped off it was so good <laughs>
0: so good Staley just had to not Mess it up. He called timeout and then the yep. Raiders got nervous and then they backstabbed. They're like, is he trying to yep. backstab? Is he not trying to backstab? Yep. We need to stab him in the back now so that we don't get stabbed yeah. in the back.
1: Exactly. It's like, like, and they had cooperated. They both would have gone to the playoffs.
0: <laughs> yep. They both would have been fine. The Raiders were asking on the sideline, should we, should we go for the tie? Should we go for the win? You know, what's the safest option possible? <laughs>
1: right like oh man yeah that's uh that that was an excellent game i was highly entertained by that game (laughs) i mean i
0: mean i would say it's hard to get better than that but the next two weeks also got better than that in just the dumbest ways possible so at the time it felt like you couldn't find anything better than that
1: yeah no we we've had some uh some pretty good football (laughs)
0: Oh really yeah, I know. Episode. It's it's all gonna get overshadowed by Brian Flores, hopefully, but it has been fun football. It has it's not gonna get better in this addiction that we have in this weird world that we've decided to inhabit. It's not gonna get much better.
1: <laughs> right? This this game of violent hugs that enthralls us all.
0: <laughs> so that also teaches us lessons about ourselves and society that we didn't know were there. But also look at this giant man hitting you, the other giant man.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: It's beautiful, beautiful. All right, Joe Rogan now. What you got, <laughs> Joe Rogan? Because I saw you had a couple of interesting tweet storms come in after that. That I knew, uh,
1: So Joe Rogan to me is, he's the person that stupid people think is what a smart person sounds like. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. He's just, he's not smart. <laughs> like, and he causes so much damage. And it's, it's just, he should, like, I don't want to say someone shouldn't have a platform, but like if you if you willingly disseminate harmful information like you should not have a platform like you you should not be paid hundreds of millions of dollars to be a dick like that's not something that should be the case.
0: Yeah. And like we know Joe Rogan knows better. This is good because I've wanted to talk about this for like a week here because I find it fascinating that he caught lightning in a bottle of podcasts are are essentially replacing radio as an industry. And he was in like the very earliest days of that, just doing a podcast Mm -hmm. in like when technology was really difficult to download podcasts and stuff. So he caught lightning in a bottle with that. He's just not the greatest messenger to win the the lottery of catching lightning in a bottle because he's, he's smarter than what he gives off, but he, like you said, actively chooses to, disseminate harmful information and so yes he caught lightning in the bottle he's just not the greatest messenger for society having being a better place for him having that platform
1: right it's well and and also the the thing is is that like in order to be smart like you you have to think of not just okay what are the consequences of what i'm saying but What are like the second order consequences? What are the third order consequences? Like what, what will someone do who's listening to what I'm saying? Like, what will they use my words for? And that to me, that's the thing that upsets me the most is that, yeah, he seems like he's reasonably intelligent, but he just, he does not think through what are not just the consequences of what he's immediately saying. But what will other people use those words to do? And when you have a platform like that, when you have an audience that big, like you have a moral obligation to think about that. Like that, that is part of your job is what harm can I cause and how am I mitigating that harm?
0: You know, it's interesting because someone had said something similar before about Joe Rogan couldn't possibly know the consequences about this that I was talking about to someone with. And the thing I thought is this is what history is for. Like Joe Rogan has a gigantic platform, but he's not the first person with a gigantic platform. And this is kind of what looking through history can observe repercussions and consequences for, I mean, it's not hard to find examples. The history is important to reflect that because, you know, there, there are people with similarly large platforms that have also suffered the consequences before Joe Rogan. Maybe it's not even as large as Joe Rogan, but just a large enough platform to create active harm.
1: Right. And it And, and so for me, it's, if you're getting paid a hundred million dollars by Spotify, to have a platform, you can afford to hire someone to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> like you, mm-hmm. you can afford to hire X ex- to say, no, no, this this is this is not correct. You you are not saying the right thing. <laughs> like this, yeah, this will actively harm other people.
0: <laughs> and the the detraction from that that I've heard a lot is like, but that's no fun. And I'm like, it's only because you're afraid of this idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right like there, there are a lot of things in the world that are a lot of fun that are also very bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> so of the, course idea that, like <sighs> like yeah it's it's yes, it's not fun to fact check. Yes, it's not fun to study history like, but it's important. like there's a difference between what is fun and what is important. like and sometimes the two are the same but most times they're not and what's important should take precedence over what's fun
0: and it's like we're having fun here and we're also laughing at how terrible white people are a couple white guys talking about white power and that's still fun like it, it it's better it's not going to be any important. more it's it's just going to be different and that's fine it's it's a lot of fear built up about authenticity in the audience that you've built up. And ultimately Joe Rogan's also in a position where he wanted to cap, he wanted to cash out. Like he, he wanted to maximize at his best value and he cashed out for a hundred million dollars with Spotify. Like he took the corporate dollars and that's, you know, no shade to that. It's a great decision. If you have that platform, it's just now you have brought your audience with you and it might not be the audience that necessarily aligns with I mean, Spotify was fine with it when they first gave it to him, but now that Spotify is in damage control because they don't want the whole pyramid scheme to fall apart, that they only pay artists $2 per thousand downloads on their song, if they don't want the whole scheme to fall apart, then he's got to be the person who stays in line.
1: Oh, oh, I I get 13 cents every three months from Spotify for my band.
0: (laughs) Hey, congratulations.
1: (laughs) How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're really raking it in.
0: Of course. Yeah. But if you do it on Apple music, you could get 48 cents instead of 13 cents.
1: It'd be be amazing. Yes. And and, and so to, to kind of speak on that, like the, the, the whole idea of cash in, like, I, I have no problems with someone, you know, who, who who cashes it. Like if, if you can get the bag, then go get the bag. But like, once you get the bag, like you're not beholden to anyone anymore. Like that's, that's what makes it even more imperative that you speak out on what's right because who's going to stop you? Like you don't, you don't have to worry about a job. You don't have to worry about providing for your family. Like you have enough. So why not say what's right, even if it might be unpopular? Like why not do the right thing by society, even if it might make you some slightly less amount of dollars because you already have enough dollars. there's enough Mm -hmm. dollars there for you
0: (laughs) and that is why we talked to chris cluey former nfl punter whose career was cut short because he stood up for the right things and also went on ellen one time so we can flex that
1: and has enough dollars
0: (laughs) yes chris cluey has enough dollars ladies and gentlemen (laughs) he is doing this podcast for free and wasting his (laughs) thursday night because he has enough dollars
1: oh it's not a waste (laughs) oh of course but
0: (laughs) <laughs> of course you're having a blast because this is uh this is a couple white guys talking about how fucked up the world is. It's always wonderful. <laughs>
1: uh. <Yep.
0: laughs>